we talked a lot about um, embracing the adversity, uh, not handling it, embrace it and defeat it. Welcome to the Jamodi podcast, where we interview coaches and leaders to find out not just what they do, but how they do what they do. Becoming the best version of ourselves is Jamodi, just a matter of doing it. Today, we are joined by former head men's basketball coach of Wayland Baptist University and the founder of MG Basketball Instruction, Matt Garnett. Coach Garnett led the pioneers to the school's first Sooner Athletic Conference Championship in the history of the program. He was an NAIA All-American at Wayland Baptist. Coach Garnett also serves as the founder and director of Hoops for Him, which is a nonprofit organization seeking to train and equip current high school and collegiate student athletes to become leaders within their teams and on their campuses. Before we hear from Coach Garnett, take a moment to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on social media at Jamodi Podcast. A real quick story with Coach Garnett here and, and kind of how we met. Coach, how long has it been since since I've known you? Oh, man, it was, it's uh, been, been over 10 years now. Over 10 years. Over 10 years. I, I was working a camp at Flower Mound, Mark, Flower Mound High School, and the coach there at the time, Coach Freet, said, hey, I, I've got this guy, Matt Garnett, that is doing a camp, and, and, and he needs some people to work. And I was like, oh, golly, another camp. Okay, I'll, I'll go do it. And it didn't take me long to, to realize that, one, like this guy is a genius. He's a basketball genius, and I don't throw that around very much. And then, and two, this is a dude that I want to work with and I want to kind of continue to sync up with. So, Coach, I hope that, uh, that that's a little a second intro into you, but thanks for being with me today. Absolutely. Glad, glad, glad to be here. All right, first question. How do you live out your culture on a daily basis? You know, uh, some, some of these, uh, I sit here and think about where I was when I was uh, coaching in college you know, six, seven years ago, and then um, as a transition into skill development and then coaching all these youth teams. And so I kind of uh, look at where we were and where we are now. And, and, and I think the, the big thing that uh, the three the three things that, that we always look at would be toughness, communication, and courage, I think are the three things that we are trying to live out on a daily basis, whether it be our, our fourth grade girls team or you know, our college team away the Baptist. And, um, when, when we talk about toughness, I think the the big thing that we looked at there is just being an everyday guy. Um, you know, the the saying chop wood, carry water was something that we had all over everything we did. I actually read the book afterwards and one of the nice. best books uh, that I've read. But just the idea of we, we do have a process. We're going to show up every day, um, irregardless of result. Uh, we've we've got to we've got to you know clock in and, uh, and and do things right each day in order to kind of proceed to the next step and and so with, with toughness I think uh, trying to be process oriented was was a big piece of it um, trying to uh, cultivate the idea of an every play guy you know just consistency I think the 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 Jay Billis thoughts on toughness is is something that uh, we really tried to uh, talk about what toughness meant to us. Um, the, the communication piece, I think, is something that, you know, I've talked to my oldest daughter about this a lot. It's the idea of it may not be your gift, but it's a it's a quality you have to cultivate. Hmm. And and so just because it's not your gift doesn't doesn't mean it has to be this process that uh, you're, you know, 
one you you're very uncomfortable doing it and, and you know i'm having to berate you to do it type of a thing you know i want it to become something that that you, you understand is something you're gonna have to cultivate love that and you know and and then the idea of courage and i think that's something that uh, that word just really has stuck with me over the last few years of trying to uh, be courageous in the way uh, we play and courageous in the way we uh, think co- courageous in the way that we compete um, you know and I think uh, there's there's the, the idea of joy and courage and and uh, not fearing the consequences of things going wrong you know that's something that uh, that we really have tried to blend with that idea of um, of being tough but being tough involves being courageous I, I, when you were especially coaching college basketball how, in what ways, like if you watched a player do something or you saw a play go by, like what was something where like that's courage? I, I see it in that moment. You know, I think I think it's the the willingness to. Um, I mean, you could make it uh, a decision, like the willingness to make the decision. We, we talk about do what you think you see, and and um, you know, trying to be the more aggressive team. And so I think if you see a guy. Um, having the courage to try to make a play, uh, take a big shot. If they're doing that, you know, correctly, um, you know, you got to celebrate that. And I think that's something that, you know, how do you, how do you develop guys that um, w- want the ball in a big moment? How do you develop guys that are, that'll slide over and take a charge? Well, you know, uh, being willing to, to try it, even if it's, mm-hmm. if they're trying it in the right way and it doesn't go well, let's, let's don't dwell on that. Let's celebrate the courage it took to, to try to make that play. And so I think, I think, it, it, you know, it could be a defensive play, an offensive play, maybe just attacking a gap, trying to do something that we want to do. And uh, whether it works, you know, try not to be completely results driven in, mm-hmm. in that process of, of cultivating some of those qualities. And and now you're in that the skill work development world even more. I could see how courage and that kind of the culture of all three things, but courage especially can help these kids because in, in skill development, it's all about taking chances and and making those mistakes and the fear of that i mean either from coaches players have had or or parents that players have whatever it is that that makes them kind of always wary and worried about those mistakes i can see courage being a huge part in in your skill work and training absolutely i mean i think i think that's uh, you know you you i have the luxury of creating a lab in a sense you know there, there's not a there's not a, a win or a loss hanging over some of our workouts, you know, um, and, and I think that's a wonderful opportunity for kids. They, everything they do is structured now, yeah. and you know, there's a, there's a trainer, there's a coach, there's a summer league, there's a you know, everything's got somebody there with them, and so I think the idea of of finding a place where they feel like they can go for it, they can try to make that decision, you know, and again, kind of going back to that, do what you think you see, and yeah. how do you develop instincts with a player? Well, first you got to get them to what they think they see. You know, and I think so many kids are hiding in plain sight. They're trying to not mess up, playing it too safe, and and that environment uh, is is a lot of fun to be around, especially with the youth. And and I mean, heck, it's 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 you want you want more joy in everything you do. And so getting older guys to do the same thing is is a lot of fun. But you know, having kids that are that are going for it, you know, trying to make that play, let's celebrate that um, and, and then learn from it. You know, there, it doesn't have to, that it's, it's the, it's the book that, that I mentioned to you, Annie, Annie Duke, the idea of um, don't, don't re, it's resulting. Like mm. what is the best decision you ever made? We're probably going to tell you a decision that worked out. What's the worst decision you ever made. We're going to probably tell you something that didn't work out, but that's resulting. And it's this mm. idea of uh, we can't, um, 
there's there's a component of luck there's a component of things working out that we got to be careful that we're we're not resulting as coaches and people that's that's awesome i'm definitely stealing uh, the the resulting idea um and I, i've always loved that quote do what you see and i think for players that's pretty powerful because uh, we want them to be instinctual and 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 do things in the moment and that's where the I don't like, don't, don't think play. That's not, you, you have to think, but that thinking has to be fast and you have to be able to see something and react really quick. W one more thing, going back to toughness, uh, because I, I mean, as a high school coach, and then I, I got to imagine tons of coaches out there at every level all want their teams to be tougher. What were some things that you did well that made your, your college teams really tough to play against? You know, it's. It, I think it probably goes back to the Steve Nash idea of, of you know, becoming comfortable, being uncomfortable in a sense. But the, the idea of we tried to, um, we were real truth tellers and, and we're mm -hmm. going to, you know, stack things against ourselves. We're going to make this really difficult. We're going to um, just get used to that, that uh, idea that this is not going to be easy. Embracing, we talked a lot about um, embracing the adversity, uh, not handling it, embrace it and defeat it. Uh, mm -hmm. And really trying to take the approach that, uh, it, you know, we're, we're going to prepare for that be by willing to kind of walk through those difficult things, walk through that. And then, and then just, you know, to me, it's the idea of, you know, I've got to, I've got to model it. You know, I've got to model toughness being an everyday guy. I've got to come in with high energy. Uh, we've got to teach it. You know, we got to encourage it. Um, sometimes demand it, you know, there's, there's the moment where it's just, you know, there's, there's a consequence for not doing it. But then at the same time, I think celebrating it, I think, you know, whatever we're going to celebrate is important to us. And, and I think when you can start to, you know, we had little first and second gate three on three um, league on Sunday afternoons that we just got done with. And um, we celebrate those kids being first to the floor for loose ball. We celebrate them trying, and it's amazing how quickly um, you got kids, you know, modeling that behavior because everybody wants to be celebrated. You know, you always talk about, you know, everybody wants to hear their name. And I, and I love that. And I think that there's this idea that, um, you know, it, it, that's human nature. And I think right. we need to play into that, creating that toughness. I think there's this, this challenging component, but then there's this celebration component. And I don't know that you can do one without the other because I don't think toughness just comes out of fear. Mm, toughness doesn't come out of fear or from fear. I love that. I think, yeah, you're celebrating. I think as coaches, we need to look for those opportunities to celebrate the positives. Because I know for me, it's natural to where's negatives, where are things that need to improve. And, and, and man, you can just find those all over the place and really quick. But if you can flip that switch or train yourself to almost see the positives more, I mean, how much uh, more joy is in the workout and how many how many players become just happier while they train and i and i think that's important that's good stuff mm -hmm. right, question two how does individual skill work work into your daily practice coaches the jamoti podcast is powered by biology what's your bsa score the biology skill assessment is the only verified skills metric endorsed by the NIA and NJCAA to discover and develop the best talent for your team. This 10-minute, 100-shot test can be taken for free today on the Bology mobile app. Elevate your game. How does individual skill work work into your daily practice? 
You know, I, this was something that uh, if I evaluated what I was doing in 2014 to what I would be doing now or what I do with no matter what level team, I think the best thing that happened to me was uh, being to step out of probably the resulting um, actual idea of mindset of, you know, winning games and trying to, you know, compete and, and just become a devil's advocate of everything that I did. Why, why mm. did we do that? Uh, did I do that because that's what we've always done? Did I do that because that's what my coach did? And uh, trying to kind of reverse engineer um, the effectiveness of skill development. And so uh, one of the things that we always used to do was make sure we got, a, uh, got enough shots up. So, I mean, that's, I think that's always been important. But this whole idea of high-frequency um, skills, like what do we really need to be working on? And how does that connect to the game? And uh, pick apart anything that doesn't, you know, and either recreate it or, mm. or, you know, throw it away type of an idea. And so to me, everything we do is skill development. Um, and we, uh, we, we use the, the terminology of the idea of like we are – we're never working on um, just footwork or finishing. Like we're working on offense. Like we're playing offense in this skill development drill. We're playing offense in that small time sided game. They go zone. What are we doing, guys? We're playing offense. There's other ways to do it. There's spacing. There's technique. You know, there's all those different things. But, but I think streamlining every 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 piece of what we do, developing players into the idea that that they're becoming better offensive and defensive players. Um, and not separating the two. I mean, I think there's a lot of really good ways to do that. But it started with me with the idea to get rid of anything that was just being done. You know, there's a lot of drills that you just see pop up over and over. You know, yeah. you see them all the time. And, you know, guilty as, guilty as charged. I mean, I would have <laughs> presented the same thing in the same clinic until I think I was able to step outside that world and say, you know, what, what, what am I really getting? What are, we, what are we really doing there? You know, that kind of idea. So... Um, I think it, it's 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 not only the foundation, but it's a, it's in the fabric of everything we do. That self that self evaluation piece is huge. Like, how how many of us are doing things um, because our high school coach did it or our college coach did it? Not that everything that they did was wrong or bad, but does it really fit the group that you have? Is there a more efficient way? I mean, how many drills, uh, shooting drills or whatever it is are out there that don't r replicate what it feels like to be in the game? Mm -hmm. and, and the idea of, you know, just getting shots up, right? You know, that that phrase that's kind of word vomit that, I mean, obviously, if there's a plan in place, then it's more than just getting shots up. But I, I think that's, that's good stuff that um, all coaches need to think about and evaluate is look at our practice plans. Look at the things that – how do we play and how does it really work into our skill work and how we're preparing the guys? Absolutely. You know, it's uh, – I think the age group, all of a sudden, uh, I went from recruiting guys that were either really good that I felt like we could develop to be better or they were ready to go. You know, they were mm -hmm. one-year transfers. I mean, those, those – to all of a sudden working with um, a, a fifth grade or a seventh grader that didn't make the C team. And if I'm going to – train him if he's going to come I mean how are we really going to get him better because I mean he's not very, very good one and two um you know what what's re, what's what's um actually even possible within a short amount of time how can he get better quickly you know that mm -hmm. idea and and I think that's that's the neat part of the challenge of that is that you have to really figure out 
what works. And if you're doing anything that, and not flush the wrong word, but if you're just doing things and it doesn't translate, yeah. um, you know, it, it's, uh, that's magnified when the kid's um, a lower level player or just a youth player for, mm-hmm. that, for that matter. I mean, you, you know that I, I love all things uh, Micah Lancaster and the I'm possible way of training. And, but if you're not careful, and he says this a lot too, you, you have to help players see the game behind the action or activity that they're doing. Because if not, it, it is. It's a little bit like a circus and, and they're just performing in action, but there's no, I love that, there's no game connector to it. And, and finding ways to connect. I think you do that really well. And uh, I, one thing I, I was just thinking about, what are the, I mean, what are the similarities or how can you train uh, uh, an incoming freshman on your college team that you, that you have high hopes for? And then a seventh grader, you know, cause you're, I think you're unique in the fact that you've done both or, you know, what do you see as similarities, differences, challenges between the two? You know, I think it's it's the idea of one kind of accepting um, the reality of, of what, what you're working with in regards to what does that seventh grader need right now? Like at, at his level of development, um, what does he need to be able to be doing uh, first before we can build on that? And then, and then, you know, with the older guy, I mean, there's always advanced training. At the end of the day, it's, it's far more, I guess, more similar than it is different, mm. I think. Um, I think there's so many things that are, that are just the, the high frequency things don't change for the most part. Um, you know, a, a kid in seventh grade being able to simply catch the ball peak and play to his left hand efficiently, um, that may that may be all that he needs to be able to do right now, and he can't do that at all. You know, and, and mm-hmm. sometimes that surprises you when you really think of what the game requires. Right. You know, the games requires that of you. And then, and, but I think trying to figure out where they're at and then building, I think that's that's the the key to all of it, you know, and – I mean, with our with our young ones tonight, it's this idea of dribbling the ball, seeing a defender rotating, being able to pick up the dribble, make make the decision of it's time to pass and make the pass. I mean, there's a lot going on there, um, but that's a high frequency skill for them. And so, if we can do that with them, it looked better in the live play tonight. And then there's the skill that seventh grader needs that. You know, I really believe he could be a better player in a game situation pretty quickly if we mm. focus on the right thing. Right. And really try to simplify that. What's the best thing that you've borrowed lately? Oh, man. I, this, so we just implemented um, this idea. And the, the, the coach, um, I, I should, if I'm going to steal it, I should remember remember exactly who it is. But it's a high school <laughs> coach up in, in the Midwest. And he called it um, his Kobe winner of the week. And so I was really intrigued by what he was Kobe winner. So what he, yeah, the Kobe winner. I'm okay. probably going to call it the MJ winner um, of the week. Um, but but the I, idea I understood. Is, uh, it, it's a wonderful idea. So he says when the the first two guys that show up to practice, the first two players that are there play a one-on-one game to three. And so they start competing right away and, you know, put the parameters that you want on that one-on-one game. The, the moment you have a winner in that top group, he can challenge anyone else in the gym and he can interrupt their game and challenge them. And so you have your kind of kingpin from the week before. And so pre-practice is just a series of 3.101 games and you find a daily winner from total number of wins. And so if you want control of the game, one, you need to get there early and two, you need to be last week's winner. Mm. And then he compiles total wins for the week and then you get a, a belt for him and it's the Kobe winner of the week. And, 
Uh, I love the idea because it's it's the pre-practice routine of you know he wants some competing, he wants some, and I don't think we play enough one-on-one. I mean, I think that's something that I I didn't do enough of. Um, do a lot more with my girls and my young teams, uh, but I I love this idea of he his pre-practice. Um, whether it was five days a week or a couple days a week was the was the Kobe day where it was just one-on-one games. Coach, that's gold. And and I'm I'm stealing that. The Grapevine Faith Lions uh will be doing that. The the reward for the guy that gets there first and then also for the guy that wins or girl that wins. Uh what real quick, what what rules do you like the most in one-on-one or do you change I them think up? That- you know, depending on depending on level of play, of course, you want your dribble, you know, your your dribble maximum on there. How many dribbles? I think, um, I think there is a point you'd be a little careful with that as they get older, and there is the idea of being able to set people up with your dribbles. So I think you know the the one two three dribble rule. I think you know efficiency um, uh, would be key. And then I like the idea of playing it um, off the the closeout too. I think let's mm. play off the catch some days. You know, let's play out of a a weak side rotation, you know, and, and close back out. Because I think playing off the catch is so important. So those would be the two things to mix up how the game starts, um, whether it be uh, a dribble start, you know, playing off the catch start or playing with some footwork first. The Jamoti Podcast is powered by Sideline Interactive. Sideline Interactive is the leading manufacturer for high quality, innovative scoring tables and LED video display boards that help coaches and schools bring more excitement to fans, create huge fundraising opportunities, and make their jobs easier. Visit sidelineinteractive.com to check out their amazing products. How do you teach shooting in your program? Okay, so this is one that I've, I've definitely shifted. Um, I was all repetition. I was all repetition. Um, and personal, personal history of shooting, um, becoming a, a, a very good shooter through repetition. Um, and and I still think that is the um, the only thing that uh, you 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 must have to be a great shooter. Like if you don't have a great work ethic, you'll never become a great shooter. Mm. But over over time, I think that there's this of studying shooting. There's this idea that there's commonalities between all the different handwritings of shooting. There's commonalities, and that and I really studied this for a long time. Probably two years ago, pre-COVID, was the idea of how are all these guys shooting the ball differently, but yet they're all really effective. So there's gotta be some common traits. Mm. And so what I've looked at and what I've come up with is the idea that there are, and there's five of them. It's, it's hand placement, um, it's balance and footwork, uh, shot line, and then the timing piece is the number one piece and then uh, how you finish your shot. And so I think you, you've got to go at it from both. It's the idea of creating a, you know, a gym rat to become a great shooter. The piece of it that I didn't do near well enough as a college coach was creating a game element to shooting. There's very rarely that we don't shoot with the idea of shot or pass decision where we have the the feeling of a defender, Mm. uh, at least making them make the decision on a catch. You mentioned it earlier, but the idea of what does open feel like, Mm. you know, they got to know that. Um, The the wonderful shot selection piece from PGC, the the sevens, you know, and, and this is, you know, we're big time truth tellers, even, you know, the fourth grade girls team, we're telling the truth to each other. And, and I think there's appreciation that even a fourth grade girl has on being told the truth, but it's the idea that uh, her seven and your sevens are different. It's different. Yeah. It's and, not fair. Yeah. Yeah. Life's, it's not, life's fair not fair. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. And, and so if you want your seven to be different, then there is a repetition piece to this, you know? And so 
um, that, that, that whole idea, I think, has not changed. I've always been a big believer in shot selection, big believer in if you want to become a great shooter, you're going to put in the time. It's repetition, it's repetition. Uh, but then these technique pieces, I think every kid, I think two things when I approach a kid, how much do they want to potentially adjust things? Um, and that may be none. And there may be a kid, the Jim Furyk is shooting that I'm not going to touch. I mean, I just think there's a there's a point where there's got to be kind of an openness or searching for something. Mm-hmm. The idea of shot adjustments more than shot changing, I think, is huge because changing shakes everybody up. Um, yep. Adjusting, maybe not so much. Uh, but then the idea of how much do they need a change? Like, is there something to do with their shot that it's worth it and you got to try to convince them of that? Uh, for me, the hand placement piece is huge. I think you have to, if you have bad hand placement, um, I think I was, I, I, my shot was changed by a coach um, at an early age to fit a kind of an unorthodox shooting approach. Mm. But the way I, I mean, if a coach told me it, it was gold, I mean, it yeah. was the authority. You, you trusted so, them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then when I tried to start to evolve and become more of a jump shooter, I had bad hand placement. Mm. No one in my life was able to recognize that. So I became a great finisher with my shot and through repetition, um, you know, became a very good shooter. But it was it was something that I think if I look at these five things, if you can, the more of these you can get in your favor, the, the more efficiently you can raise the ceiling of your efficiency mm. uh, as a shooter. And so um, I think hand placements, a, a subtle adjustment, I think the idea of creating a shot line. Uh, the idea of whether it's turning your feet, but but getting uh, getting you know I think uh, Tyler Costcut calls it pointing your mechanism uh, to the basket. I think there's that's something that um, all great ones do, and there's mm-hmm. so much more of the turn out there, and everybody shot than uh, than than we even see. So I think there's some things that get way outside um, what we have done traditionally to teach shooting. And then I think there's this idea that there's form shooting. I think everyone does that. Everyone teaches that well. And then there's this carryover, which we talk about the, the, the transition, the game, you know, the piece of this that, um, that you know, for, there's form. Is to me, it's almost like skill builders and then you know, simulating game situations. Um, you know, we can form shoot every day and that's not bad, but that's not really going to translate into a game. Yeah, it has to connect. It has to translate over or else it's almost two different shots. You're practicing two different, two different shots, two different mentalities. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, yeah, yeah, because you gotta be, you gotta be careful about the, all of a sudden I'm shooting, but I'm, I'm either my mind is drifting or there's no pressure or there's nothing that I'm focusing on, you know, and, and players, it's easy for them to just, uh, uh, kind of let their mind, go and they need to stay present in those reps one thing like uh, to to make these changes in shots i think going back to your courage piece you know at the very beginning like how I, it, it takes a lot of courage toughness and and trust to make a change in something so personal how do you how do you talk to a kid or a player and help them along in, in taking that chance you know, there's two pieces. The first is it's always um, a suggestion that I'm going to make and a decision you're going to make and really trying to make sure they understand they're owning this process. And then the shooting feel is something that I think has, if the change that we're, or the adjustment or whatever we're doing with your shot, I asked them uh, to evaluate the feel. And most of the time, if there's an adjustment needed, there's a feel that's going to be better. Hmm. And I think when you can make a kid feel an adjustment that makes it 
feel like it's smoother, it's got it's got more range, whatever it is, then all of a sudden that's something that, hey, I, I, I'm in, I'm in for that right there because I want my shot to feel better, you know, yeah. and, and then the idea of um, some just s- simple things where a kid can, I think a kid can feel like they're on an island sometimes as a shooter and, you know, how I'm making and I'm missing and I don't know why. And, um, and this idea of giving them some, some things that, they can almost regain control of what they're doing. And I think when they do that, then that's the mind's going to, you know, to come into play and um, simple things in uh, terminology of, of locking your elbow, flopping your wrist, your shots going up and at. If you're shooting long and flat, like let's think about shooting it up, just some basic things that we all would be teaching. Um, but all of a sudden you can see kids gaining control of their, their thoughts, gaining control of what they're doing. And and then if, uh, to me, if it feels if it feels better for them, they're probably going to be yeah. looking at saying this is something I want to look at. I, I like the your idea of you know focusing on a few key pieces because I think I, I know I've been guilty before of all right. So uh, the kid asked me, a player asked me, "Hey, coach, we look at my form," and I go over and ten <laughs> tips later, right. he's just frustrated and flustered, you know. Well, go ahead and bend your wrist. We'll make sure there's a space. We'll make sure your elbow's straight up and down. And you want to have a little bit of a bend. And then it's like holding a piece. You throw so many things. And so I think I think the brilliance of, of you and what and, and how you coach with these guys and girls is is the simplicity and the and the catchy terms that you use. Absolutely. I, you know, I mean I think it's it's the idea of you know, just trying to get uh, you're trying to get a result. You're trying to get growth, you know, and, and there's a you know, there's a reality to that with each student that, you know, you have to kind of meet them there and, and then work through that. And I, uh, you know, the, the timing piece is one I think that really has helped kids. And it's really neat. Uh, we've got this kind of picture presentation of everybody from Mark Price uh, to Michael Jordan to uh, Steph Curry. And the one thing that's common, no matter how no matter how they get to here. Um, there's a timing piece of where the ball is when they're lifting and what their legs are doing. Hmm. That is the exact same across the board. And it's, it's, it was really interesting to see. And I think um, once a kid can start understanding timing and feeling timing, a lot of times, you know, there's of course the guide hand and there's all kinds of things that are going to, you know, um, impact your shot negatively if you're not careful, but great timing creates flow uh, creates, uh, you know, a one motion feeling to your shot. Um, and then I think now we're off and running and now it's a lot easier to, you know, we can, we can deal with some of the bases and, you know, the, the little things, you know, as we need to, but, but the timing piece is huge for me. And I think a lot of shooters that, that struggle have terrible timing. Hmm. One drill, I'm putting you on the spot, one drill that you would use to focus on that piece. Cause saying it's one thing they have terrible timing, but then that's the whole idea with, with, with our conversation. It's not, it's not what you do, but how you do what you do. That's important or special. One thing. Uh, you know, you could, you could do this out of a few different game situations because you're going to have a little bit of a time, different timing off the dribble um, mm. as you would off the catch. Uh, but the getting the idea of, I mean, you can even do it stationary, but getting them in front of the basket and making them feel this timing piece with, um, as the ball is going, we took hold the explosion point, but as the ball's going from up into at into your shooting motion, um, where your legs are there and getting them to just dial in on the simplicity of set and go, 
And once they can feel that, then mm-hmm. I think it starts to translate. So it's, it's pretty neat because it's, it's ultra simple. It's ultra, but, but they've got to feel it. And then the neat, the neat thing you'll see is once you start and miss that basic perfect shot drill, the moment they feel it once, then they start to feel when it's not there. And then we celebrate that. Mm-hmm. You can't fix things. You can't make it better until you feel what's wrong. And now we've got this comparison of feeling. And I think shooting is feeling, you know, because once you can get some of this stuff going, then all of a sudden everybody's handwriting is a little differently, you know, done a little different, but um, now we can start to unlock that mind. We got a little key, turn your mind off, you know, with my daughter, a lot of times it's just telling her shoot with more joy, you know, let's, yeah. let's let it fly. You know, and, it's the um, most fun thing that you can do in the game is, absolutely. is let, and that's, I think when we talk with players about, uh, you know, when things get tough and, and you don't, you don't, maybe don't like basketball that day, or you're maybe even think of quitting and doing something else. Remember why you started and what everybody's playing journey with basketball is pretty much the same. When they were really little, it was fun taking this ball and trying to throw it in that hoop. It was fun. And man, somewhere along the way, pressure of winning pressure of of playing time pressure of a scholarship or 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 outside pressures whatever it was uh if we're not careful can suck the joy away and out of the game no doubt that's and the the beauty of shooting too to me is when you get back like you say just to that that idea of when you there's nothing like the feeling of the ball going to the basket like you know you make a shot it's just there's something still still there's nothing like it it doesn't happen as much. It takes me a lot of reps. True, true. You got to get in the gym, work on your game, coach, a little bit, you know. Um, but there is. It's it's that it's, we're chasing that that joy that we find there, and I think um, that that's something that uh, as as you can as you can find more of that in in the game is more fun than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the freedom of the way the game's played. But there's also this piece of you know when you and I were playing, you know, there were a couple scholarships at colleges for guys that could shoot. And now, you know, if you can't shoot, you better be special in another mm-hmm. area. So there's a, you always tell the youth, there's a responsibility that comes to prepare yourself to be able to play the game. That's more fun than it's ever been. But if you can't make shots, I mean, you're just not going to be guarded anymore. And that's going to make it tough for you to play. And so, you know, yeah. Johnny, you're, you're, you're open for a reason. So, yeah, that's you know, right. That idea, you know. Yeah, Bobby Knight, number one skill a player needs to have is the ability to shoot. Is it, It'll make everything work easier and better. What's the one thing that you could do differently if you could start over in coaching? You know, the first thing that jumped out in my mind was to to be um, embrace what I preached, embrace what I preached. I don't know that anybody preached and and and, and really the program lived it. The program lived the process. The program lived the joy. The program, but me um, allowing myself. And, you know, to still what Coach Beard talks about, smell the roses. You know, I did not smell the roses near enough as a player. I didn't smell the roses near enough as a coach. Um, didn't celebrate things enough. Didn't live in the moment enough. And the, all I can think about, and it goes back to something that was, you know, uh, it was a it was a tragedy in our in, in our lives. Had a, had a dear friend pass away in a car accident. Young father, um, young kids that were, you know, in school with with my kids and. Um, at his funeral, the preacher said, um, you know, we, as men, we have to 
take our faith seriously. We have to take our family seriously, but we need to talk, stop, stop taking ourselves so seriously. Hmm. And that really has resonated um, with me and that, um, you know, we, we've got to smell the roses more. I, I, sh- I should have, I should have enjoyed um, all those wins. Like we had our locker room celebrating those wins, you know? And so I think uh, you look back on anything you do. And I, I think like anything else, when you're, when you're in the race, um, it's, it's the, one of the reasons we were successful is probably because um, we just moved to the next thing or I moved to the next thing. Uh, but at the same time, um, I think, I think there's this idea that, that we, we do have to, we do, we do truly have to take that journey and, and, and be more present, you know, and enjoy, enjoy those. And I think when you, you have the perspective to step out of it, um, it doesn't make anything that we were, I was doing in the race any more or less significant. It was, it was the big time. It was where I coached. It was the most important thing that I was doing professionally. Um, but once you can gain a little perspective, you know, I always tell players, um, you don't ever look back on your career and wish you'd played it more safe. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't ever, you don't ever do that. And I think the same in coaching, you're not going to look back and wish you had made yourself uh, more miserable. You know, like, right. you know, we, we, we all should, uh, smile and enjoy that a little more. And I think, um, I got better at that as we went, but, um, you know, that's something that, uh, if I, if I was doing it tomorrow, I'd have the same challenge to try to allow that. But, uh, you know, it just keeps coming back to, you know, take, don't, don't, don't take yourself so seriously. Coaches, the one thing that every team needs is competent shooters. The last eight years at Grapevine Faith, our teams have averaged 354 made threes each season. I love getting to share with coaches how our shooters train and more importantly, how they think. If you would like to enhance your shooting culture at your school, contact me directly at jamodipodcast at gmail.com. Coach, we're going to go. Speed round, speed round. Uh, the goal of this is 30 seconds or so. I'm, we're going to try to get through as many of these questions and just what comes to your mind immediately. Don't think about it too long. You ready? Gotcha. I've got ready. my my timer on the inside here, and we're going to fire through these. All right. Great players have a clock in their head, Coach. Remember oh, that. Always, <laughs> always. Okay. And the speed round begins now. Texting or talking? Depends on who it is. Favorite city in the U.S. besides the one you live in? Houston. Favorite holiday? Christmas. Invisibility or super strength? Super strength. If you could travel back in time, what period would you go to? Uh, the 80s. What place would what you place the Bulls again, Coach? That's fair. <laughs> what place do you want to travel the most? Oh, Disney World. Favorite junk food? Pizza. Favorite ice cream flavor? Uh, Basket Robbins, uh, Rainbow Sherbert. Godfather or Star Wars? Oh, Godfather. Favorite car? Oof, uh, I, all I can think is the minivan, Coach. That's a terrible answer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last one. How many cups of coffee do you drink per day? Oh, man, this spring, Coach, just turned in about three or four. I used to be one, so, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of Co- coffee throughout the day. <laughs> how, how, what, how do you drink your coffee? black coach that's like right a head coach coach like a head coach coach west watson <laughs> at mckinney high school said man if you want to be a head coach you drink your coffee black and i think that's he was right. joking but since that day i've always drank it black. and man it happened there it is that's awesome <laughs> I, I did want to take a, a second and uh give you an opportunity to talk a little bit more in depth about mg basketball 
and kind of what you've created. I think it's been since 2007 mm -hmm. uh, it's been around. And, and so tell us a little bit about MG basketball, what it's about and, and, and how people can find more information on it if, if they want to. Absolutely. Well, MG basketball started with, with truly just the idea of we were going to do summer camps um, while I was coaching in college and, and trying to create a camp that was, uh, you know, unique and different and, and, and based on all the right things uh, in regards to uh, making it uh, a wonderful experience and a growth experience for kids. And so we've always lived under the idea of tough, smart, skilled. You know, that's been the, uh, you know, the, the, from the start, that's the, the principles that we try to live by. And over the years, it's, you know, we've been, uh, we've been really blessed to, I think, um, have people want to be a part of it, um, the coaches that are a part of it. Um, you know, there's the stories like, you know, you and I, you know, getting, getting to know each other and then kind of going on this journey together uh, and teaching the game and trying to impact young players. And it's like anything else. I think uh, we're going to attract what we attract and, 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 and who we've attracted has just been this, this wonderful group of, I think of uh, men and women that are, that are great teachers of the game that have the heart for kids and then as a result, we've, we've been able to, you know, grow the summer camps into something where I think it's, uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful experience. I'm thrilled my kids are old enough, uh, my own daughters, to get to go to camp. Uh, and then it's, and, you know, the, the business has been able to, to build where we do a lot of uh, team training, um, some skill development training in the offseason. And, and really, more than anything else, I'm going to steal a few minutes if you don't mind that the, the next step for what we're trying to do is this um, – uh, something that's been on my heart since I left college coaching and felt led to, uh, to create um, a ministry called Hoops for Him. And while MG Basketball is going to continue to, to be a, 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 hopefully a wonderful experience for anybody that does uh, you know, skill development or camp or anything like that, uh, Hoops for Him is going to try to take uh, what we've done with basketball, uh, take current college athletes, and, I, you know, I think, you know, we've talked about this. I've shared this with you. My, my trajectory in life was impacted uh, by a guy out at Biola University named Dave Holmquist. And um, when Coach Holmquist came into my life my senior year, um, you know, he, he was able to kind of bump me into a new direction in the way that, um, that it's, it's the reason I have uh, the family I have and, 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 and the wife that I have and, and want to be uh, the, the, the father I am, the Christian man I am. And so uh, – my my goal and my calling is to try to find um, people um, that want to impact that next that next college athlete that's trying to figure out who they're going to be. You know, eighteen to twenty two to twenty four years old. That's uh, we're all we're all changing at that age. So, uh, hopes for him is going to be a, a, a summer camp experience that then turns into a a fifty one week journey outside of that camp. Um, that we're we're thrilled to walk alongside these guys, find local partners, and so. Uh, if, if, if you want to uh, get me excited about uh, something, it's, it's this idea of being able to do uh, something that with the game of basketball that we love so much and uh, make it completely kingdom driven and then try to go help people. And hopefully that, uh, you know, the, the Lord can use us in a way to where uh, we got guys that are sitting here saying, you know, that, that experience, those people, um, the, the Lord used them in my life. And, and now I have, um, these things going on and I want to come pay that forward for the next guy. And I think that's, you know, of course what we're called to do, uh, but thrilled about the, the potential of that journey. So uh, we're trying to kind of evolve MG basketball to, to something that's even more um, impactful you know, yep. for, for Christ. 
I, I, the plan of uh, that, I, I'm excited to be involved with it myself. And, and I, I do think it's going to be something where we can impact a lot of people that'll be able to impact others. Uh, and, and that's going to be really fun to see it grow. Uh, MG basketball, uh, where, where I mean, MG basketball.com is where they can find any information about camps this summer, training teams and everything else you got going on. Absolutely. MGBasketball.com. Um, if if uh, you, you don't find what you're looking for in regards to just kind of where you feel like you could, you know, you fit into, uh, you know, the offerings we have, um, there's a place you can just contact us and uh, that's going to come straight to, to me. And, I, you know, I want to figure out if, if what we have is a, is a great fit for, you know, uh, you, your, you know, your players, things like that. And uh, at the end of the day, um, just trying to make sure that if, if you do something with if any of our programs, um, you're going to feel like um, it was a, not only a really good experience, but it was a it was a worthy investment into your journey, you know, to become a better player. Well, Coach, uh, I just thank you so much for your friendship, for one, but also for for coming on and, and sharing, being really authentic and honest and, and some great nuggets today with these coaches. And I uh, just really appreciate your time. Hey, thanks so much. Thank you for checking out today's episode. Please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast, share it with your fellow coaches, and find us on social media for what's coming up next on the Jamoti Podcast. It's just a matter of doing it.